Hi, I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. Join me every Wednesday for open, honest, and real conversations about change, transformation, and resilience to inspire and empower you. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com. Find verified wellness professionals and holistic health resources at HealingWays. That's HealingWaze.com. Life is what happens while you're making other plans. Boy, ain't that the truth. And more than ever this year. If we could all live by this philosophy, though, and just learn to go with the flow, life would feel a lot lighter. This is one of my guests, Victor Beretta Pazos' favorite quote. And after listening to our conversation, you'll definitely understand why. This is actually our second time doing this podcast, as the first one just went poof into some clouds somewhere. But like Victor said when I had to deliver the bad news, I'm sure there is a reason why it didn't get recorded. The next one will be even better. And he was right. The connection on this recording was poor at times, but I was determined to make it work. It definitely put my editing skills to the test, but it did actually work. In this conversation, we chatted about his immigration to the U.S., career changes, marriage, and most importantly, or life-changing, fatherhood. Victor is an inspiration and his journey is a testament to what can unfold in your life by following your heart and your passion. Victor, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm excited to do this again. The first time I saved it on the cloud and it disappeared and nobody could find it. And I was super, super heartbroken. And your response was beautiful because this kind of embodies the Victor that I know now. (laughs) And so I want to talk about if this is always how you have been, but your response was, please don't worry that much. I do understand it's heartbreaking for you because it was a great conversation, but I'm sure there's a reason why it didn't get recorded and the next one will be even better. We have a lot to uh, live up to on this conversation. Yeah. (laughs) But have you always been so just easygoing and like things happen because they're supposed to? Is this... Except when I was a teenager. Okay. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I don't think nobody when I was a teenager was that easy going, probably. <laughs> no, no. You get stressed out about anything and everything when you're a teenager. <laughs> well, I just, I love that about you. Like, you are just easygoing and there's a lot of things, there's a lot of purpose in what you do, but you have this really natural ability to go with the flow, which might be and- why you, you work with water. <laughs> You know what is popping up into my mind? It's like uh, also the reason that I find this strong connection to children. It could be because I, I can tap easily with my inner child and that allows me that connection with like how children, they don't have, they just go with the flow. They, they don't think much about the future. We chatted last time about how you ended up working with children and now you work with everybody not just children but you had a a time in your life that um that was a main focus and it was also before was it before you had become a dad before that yeah i had a strong connection with children and uh, surrounded by children around me and and uh, and i love that but when i became a parent i understood my i understood that this was a learning process uh, like a growth path Mm -hmm. for me and uh, uh, researching and studying around children development about different ways in which children are treated currently and how they could be treated differently to create that change in the world Mm -hmm. that's that's what is making me to 
as my business says, Aqua for Life, supporting life from the very beginning is like, instead of just preventing when we are adults, like preventing when we're kids. Like when we're kids, if we're able to tap with that inner process without having our wings cut, we can have an ability to grow uh, like more peaceful adults. Yeah, so setting up a really good foundation. Yes. Something we could all use and you're doing it for your kids and you are helping people's kids. I want to back up. I want to talk uh, briefly about how you made it to the U.S. Right after college, I was thinking about going to Italy and work in Italy as a physical therapist. And I did it. I just got, I got an offer. I got two suitcases. I got in Barcelona into a cruise all the way across the Mediterranean to Genova. I had a backpack, two suitcases. I didn't know anybody. Barely spoke Italian. And I went for an adventure. I went there for a year. Mm-hmm. And I actually spent almost three years. And I was thinking on my way here about this specific thing, but there was a point in which I was working in this very successful physical therapy center mm-hmm. in this town in Italy, and they offered me to be a coordinator, like they coordinate the whole center mm-hmm. because she was going to retire. It was a family business. It was a great opportunity, and I decided to reject it. And you I decided it. to, yes, um, with all my love, I told her that I was not taking it, that I, that's where I met my wife. We met, she's from the United States, so that's why the reason I'm here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we met in Mexico, traveling, we're traveling together for six months. Mm-hmm. I, and then also, while I was in Guatemala, I did my first official Watsu training, it was a Watsu basic. At that, at that time, I didn't know I was going to just follow that path. It was mm-hmm. just going in the flow. Yeah, okay, this is what to train. I knew about Watsu from college. And also I worked with aquatic therapy before in a spa. And when I was working in Italy, I was working with differently able children. And uh, I saw how water is so powerful mm-hmm. in many different ways. So I've always loved water, living in by the ocean in Spain, spending most of the summers either on the pool or in the ocean. That uh, specific trip, I found a ways to just connect with my career with Watsu and found my my partner of life, which we were traveling for a a full year traveling. Wow. So I want to back up just a second because you made two big choices that I'm sure other people might have questioned. When you... Back to Italy in six months in the United States, yeah. Yeah, so... Myself, you know, I could have just go with the comfortable thing and keep doing and grow a fantastic career. Mm -hmm. Or I just, like, something within my heart said, are you sure? And you know, I, I had a neighbor, she had a friend that she did tarot cards and I did a tarot card with like a tarot reading with her very informally there at her house. And uh, I don't remember the specifics, but that convinced me to go into the trip. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I mean, it probably confirms some things that you were already feeling and having having that confirmation however that happens it was kind of just a little extra push you needed so that's awesome and so many great things do come about when we do listen to what our intuition our heart is telling us even if other people think it's crazy like my parents (laughs) yes exactly parents probably weren't fully on board and you just did it anyway you had awesome adventures you changed your career you met your wife and then in that year of traveling what fun little surprises happened well my wife got pregnant (laughs) (laughs) 
And we've, then, we've, we've talked widely about it. We knew that we wanted to grow a family together. Mm-hmm. Really, at that time, we were like not yet fully prepared for what was happening. But, you know, as I think I told you before, sometimes life is what happens while you make other plans, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yes. So yeah, my wife got pregnant, uh, Jesse got pregnant, and we uh, decided to have our baby in Spain. Okay, so you it moved back. Home, yes, it was a home birth, mm-hmm. which at that point, it was very rare in Spain. Oh, interesting. I think it was like 0.1% of women give birth at home in Spain at that time, while in Netherlands, it was like 70%. Wow. Because it's paid by insur- like the uh, public healthcare oh yeah okay in the yeah. Netherlands but in Spain mm-hmm. it was very rare like probably like 50 or 75 years prior it was very different like one of the things that through these years of researching and learning is how birth have been medicalized mm-hmm. so people when they get pregnant they see it as a condition yeah rather than being a medical condition it's a natural condition yes so the medicalization of this process uh, has brought a lot of thing. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Was Jessie a doula before? She was not, but see, I feel like all this time traveling was putting her into that sense of presence and knowing and flowing and not once who wants. She knew, like, you know, we are mammals. Mm-hmm. We know what to do. And uh, it was a seven-hour birth at home. Really beautiful. Nice. I'm imagining you were very involved. Yes. Uh, birth helper. Yeah. I was very there, very supportive and very connected with that and and so yeah, after that we had our baby and my wife became a doula and I was uh, I did a class on uh, freedom of movement which is uh, there is uh, here in the United States they call it RAI, the resources for in development approach. Okay. For infants. And as a physical therapist, the learning about motor development and social emotional development and how this is all connected. Mm-hmm. And my ha- my wife had a early childhood degree. Oh, okay. Oh, this that makes so much sense because yeah, both you guys seem just so good with children. So that makes a lot of sense. And then she became a doula th- uh, throughout that first year of my son's life. Oh, okay. It was a it was a full year training. Uh-huh. And uh one of the things that was really powerful for me is that I was actually able to participate. Nice. That's so awesome. I was surrounded of 20 to 30 women every month for a full weekend. And I was able to participate in the workshop. So I learned, like, I would say that I, I have taken a, an informal doula training myself. Because <laughs> I was really engaged into the process. And I learned a ton. And meanwhile, I was also working with a water instructor in Spain. And I was getting my my certification in Watsu also two or three years and uh, during that time I uh, had a midwife that was sending me pregnant women for me to practice with and there were two specific sessions that helped me understand how powerful this process is for women but how the water can help them understand and empower themselves Mm-hmm. Can I tell you the quick stories? Yeah, please. All right. The first one was this woman. She was, uh, the baby was on bridge position. This was her second pregnancy. The first one, she had an episiotomy because it's a little cut that doctors do whenever they think it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. With In research, it's shown that 
it's better if that tear happens on its own rather than the doctor because the doctor chooses I'll do it right here and if right. it happens on its own it happens where it should, has to happen yes so uh-huh. what happened with this woman is like she actually felt raped oh she felt yeah. like that part of her body was not hers anymore yeah that specific little scar because there was no consented nobody asked about it the doctor just did it and this time she was more empowered to have a natural birth at home and the baby was breached and she told me that she was scared mm-hmm. to give birth again I because bet. of all this happening on the first birth yeah so she tried acupuncture she tried moxiversion she tried inversion she tried a ton of things and is i think she was week 34 and she was getting closer and uh, and the midwife was not gonna do a home birth bridge position mm-hmm. many mm-hmm. midwives wouldn't do that because of the risk mm-hmm. not that's not possible but they would higher risk yeah yeah and she came for the session we did that session probably was not the best session I've ever given because I was a student but you know like good enough for her to just feel at ease and and after the session she was in tears talking to me and saying you know I just had a little vision of of my baby and we held hands and I told him look in the eyes at him and told him I'm not scared anymore I'm ready and two days later she went to see the midwife and not only the baby had turned but the baby was already engaged wow with the head down engaged and you said it wasn't one of your best sessions I mean, it was your best session for that woman, for sure. Of course. Of it was, course. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, the other one was similar in the sense it was with the same midwife and mm-hmm. it was a VBAC, a vaginal birth after C-section, uh-huh. second birth. And she wanted to have a hospital birth with this home birth midwife supporting her because she didn't know, she wasn't sure that she could do like a home birth after a C-section. So she mm. felt more comfortable maybe going to the hospital. But then she came at week 41. She was having some contractions when she got in the water. Some of these Braxton Hicks contractions getting ready. Mm-hmm. We had the session. It was really wonderful. And then she gave birth to their baby at home two days later. And I have a testimonial from her writing how she was able to transfer the experience that she had during her water session to be able to find that moment of peace while she was giving birth. And she just decided to stay at home because she felt like it was safe. So you have done so much work to empower women through doing this work, through the stuff that you learned with helping Jessie become a doula or being by her side while she became a doula. That's amazing. I, I'm going to just interject into that because yeah. uh, I want to be aware that it's not that I, 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 as a male, empower women because that kind of brings into that patriarchal okay. uh, yeah. system that, that I am actually trying to go against to uh-huh. as a male myself. So as a man, as a male, as a partner for my wife during her own processes what I offer is not like helping them to empower I just support them into their process if that with my support what that means is that they feel empowered that's wonderful sometimes yeah. that, that doesn't happen and I'm not gonna push for that to happen mm-hmm. because that's not my role as a man yeah. does that make sense I just yeah. wanted to make to make a clarification on that yeah I mean it feels though that the work that you've done with them maybe helps them find that thing within themselves that's right to be empowered yeah. so it's not necessarily you as the man or even if you are a woman the work that yeah. you do you know as the as the vessel of that work you are you're doing a lot for women I'm just here to support their their process yeah. because I've been for my wife and I've been 
noticing what that is. And I also, I'm eager to work with partners mm -hmm. a lot yeah. because I feel like, like above all men, because other women that have other partners that are women, probably they connect in a different way, but mm -hmm. we're clueless <laughs> on, on how to support women in this process. In general, how to support right. women, but in this process, we're clueless. Uh -huh. And I've been there myself. Yes. Yes. And I can see it. Yeah. No, recently I, I went to visit a friend. She just had a baby uh -huh. and I saw her partner and I saw how he was behaving and they just had a baby. And I was like, oh, dude, what happened? Amber, I told him, it's like, you know, I feel like you need a little more support. You need to uh, like, this is how it works. Mm -hmm. She takes care of the baby. You took care, you take care of, of mom. Other people take care of the house, just dishes. Other people will take care of cooking. Other people will take care of the other kids. You take care of mom, what she needs. Oh. And, and he said something that was, he said something like, was, yeah, I'm taking care of like cook. I'm helping her by cooking and cleaning. It's like, dude, no, that's not helping. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I was really pissed off. I'm sorry to tell you, but I really pissed <laughs> off. It pissed me off. It's like... This is like the level of awareness that women have in this process, and it sucks. Sorry yeah. to say that that way, but it's like I really want to help men to step into their, into being a, just to be there for them, what they need, and support their process while we're healing our own process of toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. Is this now something you do professionally, is help help men be better supportive partners of their women during this process? I do offer what to couples. And with, uh -huh. when I have, uh, I've had quadrennial uh, classes and I invited their partners uh, uh, very often. I, I try to engage many times with my pregnant uh, clients to mm -hmm. bring their partners and do this process together of what to couples in which they learn how to float each other. And I do talk about this a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, and I think like being in the water and being able to a man float their woman in the water is to develop that and to work more into not into their minds and try to change their minds, but try to bring out a transformation within uh, an experiential process. Yeah, uh, professionally, I'm trying to work on that. Mm -hmm. I myself, I work with uh, men's circles. And I attend a, a weekly men's circle with a few mm -hmm. friends mm -hmm. and Quite often we talk about this kind of stuff. Like last week I was leading the group and I was, I brought like a topic, like even if I am aware of myself about all these things and topics and concepts still happening to myself. So I can imagine people that are not aware or not willing or not understanding their learning process around this, how they are like perpetuating these relationships between uh, uh, women and men in this system that tends to be into the oppression of the minority, of uh, the oppression of the of women. Mm -hmm. Man, that's beautiful. Yeah, I would love to see you like teaching classes on this someday. <laughs> Not that you know everything about it. I'm just saying like just maybe bigger men's circles or I don't know. I just envision you like just out of my own experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like holding like, like well, holding I'm really your... passionate about you are. And we didn't talk about it, about this specific topic in our first uh, conversation. So yeah. I, I actually we're talking about this. I know. See, see, even <laughs> better. So did you need someone like you when, during your first pregnancy? Well, uh, you know, because I was not working very much. I was able to be uh, doing some unemployment to spend more time with my wife. Mm -hmm. and we didn't have much support. I think that was great. But at some point, Jesse stepped up. I am the mom here. <laughs> Step back. <laughs> and it was like, oh, 
shit, I was just doing the same pattern of like mansplaining, just uh, right. you know, those patterns. So it's been like a yeah, it's been like a full past 10 years of processes together. Yeah. It's been like the work because the relationship I have with my wife and with my partner is like a, a clear communication and honesty and have to call each other out. Yeah, that's and, good. Uh, and uh, one of my main values is to uh, accept feedback. Mm. I don't want to get into this much, but I also, I'm also in love with permaculture, mm-hmm. uh, and not just for gardening, but in general for designing human, desi- for human designs and social and economical and even spiritual aspects of it. Yeah. And it's one of my favorites because everything that happens to us just happens for a reason and for us to learn. Kind of like taking this growth mindset, but still that continuous understanding of that growth together. Well, like you said, being open to feedback... Um, the connection's a little off, so I might be a little behind, <laughs> but you said, um, okay. you said, you know, being open to feedback that ties into permaculture way of living because that's a feedback, you know, what you put out is what you get back. Yeah. And if you're not doing something correctly, you're going to get negative feedback. And if you're, if you're doing it correctly, it's going to be positive. I mean, that's why you, you and Jesse's relationship works also. That's why you have become such a, a good father because... You're open to that feedback from yourself too, like from all the way back to when you left Spain the first time. So kudos. Um, Yeah, I'm definitely still healing some of that process still. It definitely was a big cultural shock. Oh, I can imagine. Mm -hmm. Do you guys still think about moving back sometimes? At times. At times, yeah. Yeah, uh, pretty recently less than that. I really okay. want to just go visit and travel and visit and uh, the life that we are co-creating here with my kids and my family. Yeah. But yeah, definitely visit more often, for sure. Yeah, it's been quite a while since you've been back. Like five years or six Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> um, what made you and Jesse leave Spain the last time? I think it was... Uh, as I mentioned before, we didn't have much support. Mm-hmm. Jessie was an American woman. She's never lived in Spain. We moved to Spain to have her baby. She traveled and visited, but like, then she moved to Spain as she was having a baby. Okay. So we had no much support. Well, yeah, my parents of support, but we didn't have a community yeah. of support. And we we're trying to build that. Spanish culture can be wonderful in many ways, can be not that wonderful in many other ways. So (laughs) like every culture, right? Us, especially in the U.S., I think we romanticize cultures like Spanish culture, but I believe you 100%. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know if I told you this story, but like you could be in the park playing with your baby and and somebody would come in and pick your kid up and uh, hey, and just like who is this person right and, and Jesse would be like flipping out like who's this woman taking up like picking up my kid and just that's right you did tell me like that, that story like, yeah yeah that would be a little weird yeah see that's not that's not something but we we're here but, but not we there. we're here not there yeah so as American as an American woman that would definitely something that would be hard for me you know unless it was like a community I was really close with or something. But yeah, just some random stranger. Either that, and it was that, and also the fact that some of our big values around lifestyle were not embraced in the culture from like the easy access to organic food. Mm-hmm. The, our lifestyle that we were seeking uh, was not as available as uh, as it is here in many yeah. different ways. And I was mentioning in our, our last conversation about alternative education. Mm-hmm. 
like in a, in a big city like Valencia, which was an hour away from my hometown, mm-hmm. maybe there were three schools that were following alternative curriculum. When uh, you, when I was in Portland, like from Montessori, Waldorf, Reggio Emilia, and all the different spectrum of alternative ways of approaching ch- children development, mm-hmm. there are probably hundreds. Mm-hmm. Hundreds, yes. and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it when I moved here. It's like what? <laughs> so that as as an example. Yes, yeah. Like the co-ops, farmer markets, everything organic here. Like mm-hmm. uh, people gardening in their backyards and having goats and chickens in the city. That was Jesse used to live here in Portland, and she was like seeking for that kind of like. It's not like in Spain there is not that, but yeah, it's, it's less. Mm way less so like all together Jesse was like uh, I just want to move back to Portland mm-hmm. and uh, and we actually did it and then we moved to the United States I couldn't do body work I was working as a preschool teacher I was getting paid $12 an hour my wife got pregnant again it was a really hard process yeah and uh, well is it something that you wish you hadn't have done no because uh, you know I worked with Montessori for a year I worked mm-hmm. in another school for three years at Waldorf preschool I developed a natural place get um, food forest from scratch mm-hmm. with the owner now it's this awesome preschool that they do all in nature like nature preschool in the city and I helped develop I learned a ton about permaculture and how to use this with children I learned a ton about compassionate communication and problem solving resolution with children so yeah it was a whole learning process and I am actually uh, very appreciative of all the tools and skills that I learned through the years that I can in a way, bring back to uh, the table to educate parents to and uh, to help families in general. Mm-hmm. And it helps you just continue to be a better parent yourself. That's awesome. And you're still doing Watsu and trying to become a physical therapist again in the United States. Because I mean, you were already, but you're not, you haven't been licensed in the U.S. So you're working on doing that again. I'm in the process, yes. With uh, I'm transferring awesome. my... My whole thing, I'm working with an agency. It's going to take some time. And, wow. uh, and and in the future, I have my plans to create my own aquatic therapy center or collaborate with other people to create like a really nice project. And uh, and yeah, definitely these past few months of the pandemic, mm-hmm. one of the things, the reflections that have come along has, uh, this is what I want to do. I want to work with families. I want to work with people expecting babies. I want to work with, with children. And all of that passion yeah. comes from a way of activism, like mm-hmm. create a change and a transformation in the world by supporting the early beginning. Somebody said very well, I don't remember the whole thing, but it was like, like uh, you can see a culture, how they treat children, uh, yeah. something like that. How, how a culture treats children, you can see how the culture is in its own. And, uh, and yeah, there is many red flags on how we treat children in American culture. Mm-hmm. And, and I also believe I'm here for a reason and to bring more awareness around this. So I'm going to just work my hardest in the next few decades for that to happen. Yeah. And you are meant to do this. I really believe that. I have just a couple more questions for you before we say goodbye. But one of the big ones, because this show is about change and transformation and resilience, a little over a year ago, 
you were doing Watsu. You were also working for working a company as a, as a massage therapist. And things were going well, it seemed, in your career yeah. from an outside mm-hmm. perspective. And then the world crashed in all around all of us. <laughs> and mm-hmm. our businesses shut down and all kinds of fun things happened. A year ago, would you have imagined that all of this stuff would have come up over this last year? You wanting to focus more, even more in different ways on uh, helping couples during pregnancy, helping women, helping babies. I knew that was already a thing of yours, but it seems like you're solid and grounded and group for fathers and now pursuing physical therapy again. Is this all something you, that was in the works a year ago? It was, but not like this. This yeah. has definitely like just the opportunity to stop, observe, yes. reflect, and interact with our environment, which mm-hmm. actually is another principle of permaculture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely, like, I've taken classes in that direction. I was not going to do my physical therapy degree yet. Mm-hmm. A year ago, mm-hmm. was just a year ago, I closed my Watsu practice. Yeah. Temporarily. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be for a month. Mm-hmm. I, I did see it went back to my newsletter and I saw that it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I was not able to reopen Watsu till mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And through this time, yeah, I opened my own practice, mm-hmm. massage practice. I've been renting a studio for regular massage and I've taken classes. I've taken Shiatsu for infants class. I've taken oh, nice. a, a sound healing class for, uh, infants in the water i've taken a class for uh, pregnancy exercises uh, in the water so birth prep and relaxation with a what's your practitioner in spain and yeah like all the reflection has given me the opportunity to we were gonna buy a house we didn't buy the house and yeah i was gonna put on hold my physical therapy thing and Uh then i decided okay we're not buying the house so i'll do my physical therapy degree Ah, interesting. So things have shifted. Yeah, I had Mm -hmm. my plans and again, (laughs) things have a different way, right? So took the opportunity to just flow with it. And and it has given me the opportunity to understand and clarify what are the steps to take to be more connected to my inner guidance and to just be able to connect with that. Yeah. So it's been like, you know, I believe, yeah, that COVID-19 and the process of the past year has been strongly disruptive for many Mm -hmm. of us. And I also believe that there is an opportunity. And I think you told me about this, like crisis in Chinese, there are two characters. One is danger, one is opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I think I posted something on social media about that. Yeah, Uh because that's true. I, I believe it. I believe it 100%. And I think you did what I hope, I, I wish and hope that more people took advantage of this year to do what you did and really reflect and use it for growth. And I, I've seen other people that aren't as good at going with the flow have become way better at it over the last year, including myself, to be honest. <laughs> so, I, I'm happy to hear that you have used it as a gift in, in the midst mm-hmm. of also having three children. And how old is your daughter? Mm-hmm. Two. Yeah. So one of them's two. <laughs> you have a toddler out of those three children. And I mean, Jesse also has started something new. Uh, yeah, she's an doing, Etsy uh, shop. So she was going to a whole different direction. So yes. she reconnected. It's like, you know, I was going to do this because this is what we needed. What 
to buy this house, whatever, mm-hmm. and just get a job in a preschool again. Yeah. But this is not what she wanted to do. Yeah. She just wanted to express her creative work into beauty. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, that's what she's doing now. I love it. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. I love you too. Thank you. You are inspirational. And I think a lot of people can learn from what you do with the opportunities and the things that you're given. You seem to make the most of them and you go with the flow. We all need Mm -hmm. more of that. That is what Watso is about. Right? (laughs) I was like, you're in the perfect career and you were meant to be a dad. I can tell when I've seen you around your children and I see pictures of you and your children and through this conversation, you are meant to be a dad. So I don't know how you were before, but however it is, this life has changed you and the fatherhood has changed you. It's definitely Mm -hmm. for the better. You are here for a reason, Victor. Many reasons. We all are. We all are. Yes. Well, is there anything else you'd like to say as we close? Because I hear that you have a new uh, client heading in in a couple minutes. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I also appreciate you very much. Thanks. Uh, You know, since I've met you for for a few years now, like all the support and all the joy that you bring to the table. So thank you for also bringing these inspirational talks to people in this wonderful podcast. I feel really honored to be part of it. And again, thank you. Victor, thank you. And I'm excited to see what you do next. For my listeners in the Portland, Oregon area, this would be a great time to schedule a Watsu session or table massage with Victor and Aqua for Life. With over 15 years of experience in the physical therapy and massage therapy world, Victor offers Watsu and integrative massage to people who are recovering from acute injury, seeking relief from chronic pain, or are looking for a unique deep state of relaxation and inner balance. With the knowledge gained from studying pregnancy and birth alongside his wife, Jesse, a full-spectrum doula, and over a decade of being a conscious parent and educator, he also offers his wisdom and understanding of this process for pregnant people infants, children, and families in general. Visit watsuportland.com to get yourself back to a state of well-being and thriving so you can enjoy life to the fullest. That's watsu, W-A-T-S-U, portland.com. Hey, thanks for listening to the Dragonfly Connection with me, Amber Cook. You can find out more about my guest in the show notes or by following me on Instagram at the Dragonfly Mama. That's M-O-M-M-A. If you have an inspiring story of your own that you would like to share on the podcast, email me at the Dragonfly Mama. Again, that's M-O-M-M-A at gmail.com. Or you can DM me on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Thanks.